Hi, everyone. This is Jessica. Thank you for coming back to listen to another episode of our Weld.com podcast. Today, I have with me Tiffany Noel Orff. She is from California. She is a welding instructor, and she is the founder of the Welding Women's Syndicate, and I was really happy to get her to come onto our podcast. Um, Tiffany, I'm glad yes. you came on with us, and I wanted to get started by asking you, how did you get started in the welding industry? Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to give you the cliff notes version because it was a very long time ago. Um, essentially, I walked into a shop. I was part of a car club, and I walked into a shop one day, and it was a custom suspension shop. And I went from girlfriend to hand me that wrench to shop girl to co-owner within about a year and a half. Now, a little bit on the back end, I was in real estate investment. And one of the few um, trades I didn't have under my belt was welding. So it was actually perfectly timed. And I had no idea all this was going to happen. But um, what was it? Almost 12 years ago, maybe, I guess. That's what happened. And I went from designing suspension um, to, uh, I don't know, tacking to fire watch to just working on the machines to sweeping the floors. I did every aspect in the shop. And then, um, I decided to get formal education three, four, five, six, seven years later, we actually did a cross country move from California to Arkansas. And we were building a brand new shop and I had just decided we were like in, in limbo with the build. Um, I decided to go get formal education. All I had under my belt was MIG welding at the time. So my plan was to um, have TIG as my specialty and build custom welding art, um, automotive panels, control arms, um, work on vintage tin, which is some of my favorite. Mm -hmm. And then my life just kind of changed in, in college. I um, ended up being introduced to stick welding, which is my very favorite process. And... The college experience was awful. <laughs> oh, no. it, it was, it was awful. It was just, it was awful. And I hate saying that because my teachers are pretty good, but just being a woman in Arkansas is awful period. And then going in such an un, un, unorthodox type um, trade was even worse. And then actually killing it, which I ended up certifying out of all processes, like in my first, I think it was four or five months. It was super quick. And I love the stick welding. Well, one of the things that you learn when you go to college, I actually went for the degree program, not just a trade. Mm -hmm. When you go into a college program to learn welding, they don't necessarily tell you that TIG welding is at the very end. And I wasn't, I was just so eager to go and excited. I really didn't pay attention. Well, TIG welding wasn't until like two years later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so stick welding and flux core with gas and MIG welding, torch cutting. Um, I had experience in all of it except for flux corn stick and I absolutely love stick welding and um, I think after the first semester I just ended up teaching the students like my, my instructors were not there and I think it just comes from being a parent and a little bit older when I entered college and I would help them and they would pass their certification tests and then it, it began for the next semester and then I went into you know you have to do your um, your basics. So I had also like blueprint and metallurgy, um, psychology, which I don't even know why I have psychology. Um, just a core just, class sometimes. I know, I know. It, but like you, when you think about these things, it doesn't necessarily help. Like this is part of that deficit when it comes to education, when people are building those programs. But um, 
the teaching thing, I had always been a, a natural teacher. So um, I ended up getting an apprenticeship with Airgas during college. And I stayed on to work with them. And they just assumed I was going to be some young college kid. And here I am, you know, what, 35 years old and just killing it with the welding. And I was getting paid really, really well. So that was cool. It's a different aspect than working in the shop. Mm-hmm. And um, then I started taking on private lessons. And in my own shop, you know, I, w- I worked with uh, little girls as young as like four years old to grown men who just bought a machine and just needed to know how to use it, you know, basically what everything was. Um, and then I started loving it a lot more. And then I just took on regular random jobs. And I had a lot of jobs. I was doing that, going to college, trying to graduate, working with air gas, working for the post office, working for some industrial company. <laughs> I, um, I wasn't happy there. And I ended up taking a chance and moving back to California. And that was a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of just like, what am I going to do here? And one of my friends that had been watching me on Instagram, she reached out. She was like, you got a degree. Yes, ma'am, I do. And she's like, you've been welding a long time and all processes. Yes, ma'am, I have. You're certified. Yep. Do you want to teach? Yes. And I was scared to death, let me tell you. But I knew that because of my situation at school, um, I really wanted to provide a better introduction to welding. And not only just the education, but like as a woman, you know, like it was like, even if I did it better than the men, I still didn't get the acknowledgement. And, you know, uh, I'm very opinionated. I think everybody kind of knows this now by watching the Welding Women Syndicate. But you know, like you, I'm a grown woman and you're not going to browbeat me into submission. You know what I mean? And I, I did well, did just as well. I was certified. I was also degreed. I have years under my belt in so many different aspects. And I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to show my students, I'm going to take the chance and teach. And I'm going to show these people that yes, you can do it as a woman. And yes, you know, there's a better way to be taught as opposed to just my, my instructors just went gone. I don't know what happened to them. They were just not there. And so I wanted to be able to provide a quality education for people who were thinking about it. And because of my like really diverse background, like I, you know, I was a pretty uh, wayward teenager and a very young single mom. And I got into real estate and then I went to business ownership and then I had the college experience and I've had structural and industrial and private teaching, all these things under my belt. I wanted to be able to articulate that to people, you know, so that that they could see that there is more than just one way of coming out of a welding program. And they didn't have to just go be some hard hitting pipe welder or, you know, just a structural welder. There's so many different aspects. So I have that and I wanted to give that to my students. And just, I wanted someone, I'm a nurturer and I wanted other people to have that because I didn't. So I got into the instructing part. I absolutely love that. now as I, as I've been the instructor, I've come across so many different people all over the world. And my story is not different than a lot of people, you know, um, there's a huge deficit in the education. There's Mm -hmm. not, um, a cohesive curriculum for us. And so like getting to know a lot of the instructors and talking to the students and just the welding industry as a whole, um, there's not enough diversity for women. There's not enough visibility for us. So one day I basically kind of, you know, took upon, I, I sent a meme to my girlfriend and it was basically a, a mantra saying something to the effect of having a, a fight club for men. Mm-hmm. And 
from then I then formed the Wealthy Women Syndicate with Eliza. And that's that. Like, I mean, it's a Cliff Notes version, but that like, that basically tells you like, that's how it all evolved to like today sitting right here. So that's my background. So as far as your background goes, and having all of that before you went to college, and then you said like there were certain parts that were easier, and then you were like anxious to get started in TIG welding and stuff like that. How was school different for you, do you feel, since you had those real life experiences before school? Do you think like that you had learned things that were like, um, maybe like not the proper way to do them? And then did you have to like correct yourself or did you learn and just pick it up really fast? Oh yeah, I, I'm a natural. I, I learn everything naturally. It, it, that part was super easy. The one aspect I didn't like was the lack of hands-on. Um, the lack of like cohesive curriculum across the board when it comes to just like code welding. Mm. And I think the the good thing about me being a little bit older and I knew what I wanted. I didn't necessarily go in without a game plan. So I was like, all right, I want to TIG weld. I'm going to do it for a reason. I already have my shop. This is what I'm going to do. So that was the good part about going to school um, at a later age. And I knew what I wanted. You know, I wanted my education. I demanded for it. I didn't let anybody um, tell me any way differently. If I wanted, like when I was going through pipe welding, mm -hmm. if they didn't have, you know, metal or, or rods or anything, I just brought it with me. And I was thinking I'm paying almost 30 grand for college. That should not be right. Correct. But I didn't care. I had the facilities and it was in between, like, I'd be working, I think it was like 140 miles round trip just to go to college. So in between jobs, I would drop in there, do some pipe welding, go to another job. So I always made um, a plan for like my day. So I always had everything scheduled out. And I think like when you get older, you learn to map out your time a little bit more productively. And so that was a plus, but at the same time, um, well, nobody actually even knew that was older to be quite honest. They all thought I was their the same age and started tired started talking to them like um I was their mom. <laughs> oh my god. Because yeah, I have a totally like I was teachers. They thought you were like an adjunct professor. No, they just thought I was one of their peers. I remember the first day I was sitting there in Adidas and my shirt was cut off and I was sitting there and they just assumed I was one of their like 25-year-old student. And I was thinking, I'm I could be your mom. <laughs> they were like, what? I said something to, I said something about having a 25 year old child. And back then she wasn't 25. She was like 20 ish and, uh, or 1920. And so they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm like mid thirties. Like, I don't, yeah. Like that's, that's the way that worked. And they're like, no way. So I, I, I would actually tell my, my classmates, you know, like, why are you standing around? You know, this is a very expensive school. You're not just at a trade school. You're at a university. Make better use of your time. You know? So I think it was a good thing. Um, I didn't really see a bad thing. I, you know, was, I knew what I wanted and I demanded for it. I just noticed that when it came to the education, the trade side, um, there's a huge bias when it comes to it. You know, it's super supportive when you're going as a nurse or as a lawyer or you know but as a welder it's so frowned upon i'm thinking holy hell like the the money potential here is huge and it's so gratifying it's probably it is the single most gratifying job i've ever had is to teach someone their livelihood 
you know, they're going to pay, they're going to um, pay their bills with what I teach them later on in life. And they're going to come back and thank me like they have, like, I can't even tell you how gratifying of a job it is. And just to know that you built something or helped someone and it's very cathartic. So I, I never will understand why it's not widely, more widely received in the industry, in academia. I mean, shit, you know, throughout society period, you know? So there's not too many downsides about it, but there was, or no downsides about college, but there was a lot of ups because I knew what I wanted. Hey guys, I want to remind you that you can go to our YouTube channel and now you can become a member by clicking the membership tab. Here you can have access to loyalty badges next to your name and your comments and the chat, custom emojis, early bird access, as well as some exclusive videos as well to members only, member shout outs, priority replies to comments and technical advice, and there'll be some members only polls. We have some exciting projects coming up and different ways we're going to be giving back to the welding community. So we look forward to seeing you there. As far as like being an instructor goes, what is like your favorite thing to teach a class? Like which part of the curriculum? Um, let's see. I really like to get them ready for a certification process. It is the culmination of learning all the processes and having faith in yourself. And I had a 99% pass rate. I think only one student didn't pass. And I'm trying to think of all the students I've taught in the past almost two years, a lot. Um, only one person didn't certify and they weren't that good. So it was probably best. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, preparing students for a certification process. And even if the certification process isn't necessarily you know, the ends, but it's not what everybody think it is. It's just preparing for a test. But when you get them to bring all the knowledge that they had in the course and to have faith in themselves and actually to produce a certifiable weld and they have faith and they're happy and that, you know, they're confident to go out into the world. I love seeing that. And then when they come back and they thank me, you know, like just, oh, it makes my heart swell thinking about it. So that's my favorite part. Whenever you're teaching, do you bring in like the knowledge of like, so you've owned businesses and you've done all that. Do you have students that like right away, like, you know, whenever they start welding and stuff, they're like, I want to, you know, start my own business. How do I go about that? Like, do you tie oh, like, yeah. your real, real world experiences and like give them advice or do you wait like more towards like the end and like have mm -hmm. them contact you after like how do you tie that into your curriculum and do you feel like that's a piece that's missing is that a lot of places don't teach them how to start a business how to have social media how, or how to file for your business name and things like that that's actually day one um Day one, I have everybody introduce themselves. I want to know their background, whether they've welded, and what the point is for them to take the class. And then I will I individualize each person with what the um, experience that I've had. And if there's something that I cannot connect with them on, I will bring in somebody. Like I've brought in, even if I have done it, you know, we our our um, course was um, 
welding 101 fabrication and welding and then TIG welding. Mm -hmm. And so there was certain things that were kind of um, lacking in the program. So if there was lacking, like we didn't have um, a pipe program. So I would bring in somebody, you know, I would show them pictures and show them the things that I had done in college, some of the things I've done in the field. And then I would bring in somebody so they could actually see it, hear it, ask, you know, um, a rig welder, the questions about how much it costs to have the, the truck and what type of jobs they get and what they have to do. So it'd be a whole day of that. Um, no, that's day one. That's absolutely necessary just because I have a huge business background mm -hmm. and that aspect, I think it's very important. I try and I even like, I'll extend my resources as long as somebody is putting forth the effort, um, you know, and they, they continue to put in the effort. I'll extend my resource, like the people that I know, um, certain companies, you know, um, introduce them to, uh, companies around the area because I actually was driving, 142 miles round trip to go teach <laughs> so I wasn't necessarily local but you know through social media and work you built up a nice little um uh, support system of people locally and they're all very cool like the community is so great everybody reaches out and would come in and do demos and offer help to the students so I think it's important to have that day one but at the end of the day we're only getting paid so much you know so to prevent yourself from working 24 seven, you have to be mindful of the, the hours that you're, you know, taking away when you're not being paid. So certain students I would, um, if they wanted to make an effort and contact me, you know, they had my email address and I would tell them, look at for an emergency, call me, text me. If it's something that you need a long technical answer, email me because my time is precious and I have a lot going on. Um, so, you know, I want them to know that from the jump, I'm willing to help and I'll extend my services or extend my knowledge, but you have to also meet me in the middle as well. Yeah, you definitely, because I can see like, you probably have some that come in and they have this great big idea, but they might not understand like, it's a process, like you're not going to sure. go out and you're not going to have a full book of business and be just making money. You're going to be spending money no. first and then you have to reinvest it back. And I don't think people, like there are a lot of people that want to start businesses, but it definitely takes a special kind of person to be able to actually get it going and stay with it, you know? Well, you know what? Also on top of that, one course is not going to make you a professional. You know what I mean? I, I always tell everybody, start from the bottom. Start sweeping the floor. Start learning how all the different machines work. Start doing, you know, some type of fire watch. Start talking to the lead welders. Start, you know, um, becoming the shop hands. And then get into more lead welding positions. Don't think it's going to be this huge, glamorous job or position when you leave one course. You know, once you leave a, an intro course, then you basically know which welding process that you want to go into so you can either get further education or try to get some type of apprenticeship. It rarely works out, like you said, that they're going to go out and, you know, go to SpaceX and be making, you know, 150000 a year. That really rarely happens. And I hate the society thinks that, boom, you're going to take one course and you're like a professional. Absolutely not. That it, That is not going to freaking happen. You need to continually educate yourself get all the hood time that you can and, you know, be humble about it. I think <laughs> welding in the industry, I have never seen 
this is the only industry where I have seen where as soon as you do one beautiful weld, you have this huge chip on your shoulder. And even myself, I, I have done it. I'm not saying I haven't done it, but I was older and I knew how to control it. But younger, the younger generation, they come in and they do one beautiful pass and then they think that they're going to be better than you. Oh my word. I would tell students, I had a, I had one situation where, uh, he finally were in, let me see, it was stick, make, okay, we're in make welding. And he, it, to me, that's a very easy process. I guess maybe because I have been doing it for, you know, 12 years, but he does a beautiful bead. And um, he was like, oh man, I'm better than you. And I was like, oh yeah, all right, let's do it left-handed. How about this? Let's do it left-handed and go underneath the table and do it. And he looked at me and he was like, oh man. And I go, don't ever start with that type of attitude when you're basically a month and a half in a class okay I have 10 years underneath my belt you know like do your due diligence and actually like just put your head down and work and get the experience instead of trying to like already beat your professor you know that's just insane only welders only welders do this which is it's so funny I've never seen a trade who gets this big old chip on their shoulder and granted I mean we build the world yeah, it is. It is like it is a very big sense of pride. But I think that it's just because like you're working like in an industry that is like a blue collar job. It's a skilled trade, and it is hard work. Like it's not easy. So I think that that's what makes welders more proud than so many people because they are really putting like their you know blood, sweat, and tears, so to speak, like into their work. And it's not easy, you know, so I think that it's easy to be proud of it. But I know exactly what you're saying. Someone just told me that, that whenever they were in school, they were like the best welder in their class. But whenever they went to their first job, like the inspector came over and like marked up their piece and they were like, no, that's real. Like I actually just did, I did like 20 weld tests, um, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago and I have been on vacation primarily because I've been on physical therapy. I got into an accident early in the year. And, um, you know, I, I did a couple of things that I haven't done in months and months and months, and I wasn't too happy about it. And then I did it again and it was okay, but it was like a humbling experience because like, you know, that if you haven't practiced it a lot, it's, it's not going to be up to your standards. You know what I mean? And I, I just like, I laugh like, Oh God, you know, I think I'm so great, but dang, I couldn't even do, you know, a downhill MIG like without some undercut. And so I just laugh, like really, it's just, when you become a professional welder, it's how you pivot on things. It's how you do it in the field, how you do it on the fly, how many processes you can do. It's not just how perfectly it can be. So if you haven't had practice time, you like, okay, this is what I need to do. So you learn how to pivot properly as opposed to when you're new, you get down on yourself. You're like, oh, I'm a crap welder. No, I think I'm an excellent welder. I just haven't had practice and I know how to address it, you know, like, but it was, it was interesting because the ego wants to come in like, oh man, maybe I'm not as great as I thought. No, no, I'm, I'm still great. <laughs> I, I do know I haven't had practice for a minute. That's the, I think sometimes it's the age thing that actually controls that, that process. And, you know, like it's still also very, um, it's a very novel idea to see a woman teaching. So then they, 
I think it's still just like the way that they're raised too. Like, um, you're just a woman. All right, cool. I'm just a woman. Let's do it left-handed. Let's do it in a very uncomfortable position. Let's do it outside while we're sweating. You know, like I've done so many ways. Like, don't, don't try me. Cause I'm going to definitely challenge you. And I may not, you know, I may not always, the whole point of being an instructor too, is you want your students to completely succeed. And they might not, they most likely are not going to be better than you when they leave. Some have. I've had a handful where I was like, wow, I'm the proud mama. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it's very, very rare. So what are you up to like right now other than your, so you're a welding instructor and then you yes. have the women welding or the welding women syndicate. And then, so do you still have a business right now? Like, are you still doing welding jobs right now? Okay, so <laughs> right now, the syndicate is 100% what I'm doing right now. Um, I am getting ready to launch the podcast, and I am taking the syndicate to a different level. So we're going to start doing workshops. Um, and, oh my God. So it's a huge process with just mm -hmm. getting into these colleges and, you know, figuring out the, the curriculum and getting grants and, you know, like just the whole setup of the situation. So it is, <laughs> I think it's harder than the welding, you know, like the whole political side and the business and like, holy moly. Um, and I do, like I, I, I do my own stuff here. Like I'll work on art. You'll see something random come out right now, but I actually just got released uh, four weeks ago from therapy where I can actually be more physical, which is good. I've, I'm um, actually classified as having scoliosis at the moment, unfortunately. So it's nice to do something that's not as physical demanding right now, yeah. um, although it's driving me crazy because I'm pretty much a one man or one man, one woman show at the moment. But those things... Um, it's just a different side. It's a different side than just, just the teaching. Um, the syndicate is a full-blown business. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know it was going to turn into this, but a year later, you know, now we're actually being approached by colleges and companies and it's, holy moly, it's overwhelming, but in such a the great sense, you know, it's, it's what I, I, I never thought it would come to this, but it's, it's beautiful and it's, um, perfectly timed especially as all the talk we've had about you know female retention mm -hmm. or women in the trades and bringing more uh, women and children into the trades programs it's just I didn't know that this was even going to come to fruition like this so that's what I'm working on <laughs> now that everybody knows this <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was gonna say it but that's what I'm working on right now well, so you actually said something interesting a couple weeks ago. I, I think it was a couple weeks ago or maybe last week. I don't know what day it is, really. I think today is Wednesday. Yeah, it is. Um, I, heard you, I saw you talk about why are women not staying in the industry? Like, what is the issue with retention? And I brought it up actually a couple times to see, like, what people would have to say. And um, it was brought up about, like, inclusion you know like mm -hmm. like just like you know we have a shortage of welders but then like you want to be like extra hard on somebody and when they're a woman and you need help like that doesn't make sense if you need help you should want to help bring up anybody who is joining the industry if they have the passion the work ethic and they're willing to like work you know what I mean so 
and then it also was mentioned about workwear, you know, like clothes that are fitting properly, um, everything, you know, clothes, boots, whatever you need. And um, it was interesting that you brought that up. So what I wanted to ask you about is what are some things that like you have been able to do so far through your company, through the Welding Women's Syndicate? Um, I'm actually opening eyes now. I think as a vetted woman in welding, um, companies are starting to pay attention to the companies and colleges. Like, and that's where I, I like to lay my most interest is the education, the foundation of it. Mm-hmm. So that they're noticing while they're asking for um, diversity and inclusion and they want women in, once they have women there, they don't necessarily know how to do it because there's um, a double bias. For one, when you go to college, or a trades program as a woman, you're already um, up against this huge um, wall that because you're a woman, you shouldn't be in it. And that's industry wide across the board for all trades. Mm -hmm. Two, um, when you go to a college for it, if you're not doing um, an orthodox degree, Mr. and Mrs. Academia, they don't accept it. And that's across almost every college right now. And unfortunately, when you walk in the door, you're already, the odds are stacked up against you. So now at this point, I've noticed that because I've, uh, I'm starting to talk to more instructors and more colleges and I make it public. I want people to know that we want to do these things, but like, even if we walk in the door, we're still not going to be widely accepted. So once it's, um, those like old mentalities, those people are starting to retire. So people like me need to try to get in, you know, to the the boardrooms, more educators. There's not even very many educators that are women, women, you know, there's workshop people who are holding workshops, but unless you're in the trades programs, the, you know, helping to build these curriculums on a college level or working with a school, things are not going to change because you have to have that woman perspective. And there's plenty of women or men who talk about it. Mm -hmm. If you're not walking those steps as a woman in the trade, no one's going to listen to you. It's basically going to end up being um, a topic that's tossed around like an after dinner mint because there's no relevancy. It's just there for the, 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 the ratings or the likes, you know what I mean? It takes a vetted woman to come in and say, hey, you know what? Even as an instructor, I wasn't widely received. You know, if you're going to have a welding program, you should probably make sure that there is, I don't know, gas and metal. So don't actually advertise for those things if you're not prepared to 100% support that. So now with the syndicate, because I started to talk to more people in the field as far as education, people are noticing and they're coming to me and asking me, what do I do? So now it's my opportunity to talk to them like I'm doing with you and just telling them, look, you need to have, you know, if you're going to bring women in, you need to make sure they feel safe. They feel welcome because if there's a situation, which if you've gone through some of the videos through some of my sisters on the syndicate, a lot of them, if there's an HR issue, you go to the HR department Even the ladies in HR, they will tell you, unfortunately, well, you know, you're in a male dominated industry. What did you expect? You know what I expect? I expect you to do your job and advocate for me. And I don't want your opinion. That's what I expect, you know, and we need those type of mentalities out of the system. So when you start talking about this, you normalize the topic, you know, and I don't think people necessarily know because this is a huge, this is a huge problem. You know, like if we don't talk about it, nobody knows about it. And no, nobody knows about it, we're not going to normalize it and make a change. Like we can post all the memes you want. 
we can be the influencers, we can be the, um, you know, the organizations that do this hashtag monthly, we can amplify that. But unless your woman has walked those steps as um, a vetted woman in the industry, and thankfully I'm degreed, certified, and I weld. So I have all these different sides. I can see it from so many different perspectives. I can tell you like, this is what we need to do. You know, we need to get into the boards. We need to own the welding schools. We need to run the workshops so that we can control that perspective, you know, because those old um, antiquated mentalities is what's holding us back. And come on now, like we, there's plenty of people that are out in the pipeline making six figures and not everybody wants to do that. Some people just want to do work and get paid and have a nice little normal life. We don't have to be millionaires. Some people, you know, you, you just want to get paid what your, you know, your, your male counterpart does and go home at the end of the day. You don't all have, all have to be, you know, riding in some big fat $150,000 um, rig. It, not everybody wants that, you know, but at the same time, we, if we don't talk about these situations, there's no point even talking about workwear or modernizing because we can't even get into the door and be accepted. So that's like my whole point is to get in the door, talk to the boards, talk to these schools, talk to the tradespeople that are in charge of these things and let them know that when we come in here and you welcome us, please be sincere about it and make sure that we're safe and we're getting an equal education and um, do your due diligence. Don't just make us part of, you know, some mandate that has to, I don't want to be included when someone has to bring in women. I want to be included because I'm the talent, most talented one there for it. You know what I mean? Right. And I see that all the time, like um, unions who, you know, they bring in these women, they're searching for women. Well, why are you searching for women when you don't even have a damn bathroom for them? You know what I mean? Like it's pointless to actually ask for them because at the end of the day, when a situation occurs, you're, you're not prepared to have women on there. So if you're actually asking for women, be prepared. And if those people are not in the place to do their job appropriately, fire them, you know, get better blood in there. So I encourage like all the sisters that want to like teach. I'm like, I encourage you in California, you absolutely have to have a degree. You have to have a minimum associates degree and, uh, to teach. So any, any woman, you know, younger, older, whomever, if they ever think about, I'm like, stay in school. And if, you know, if you, if you have to work and go to school at the same time, do it. I did, I did all the things while being a parent. I did it homeless because my last year of college, I didn't even have a home. My house burned down. So when there's a will and there's a way, you know, like you have to going and having these conversations with people all over the world. It's not really different in any part of the country. It's, um, it's across the board, women, are not celebrated the way they should be it, to us maybe because we're in the industry we see it more because of algorithm but it's not when you go out in the field even to this day if i try to do um if i go to another job and i show up <laughs> heaven forbid i actually wear makeup because they'll think i'm like trying to be like the secretary or something i'm like oh my word no no, I'm here for the welding job. I think one time, and this is, uh, I'm working with a new university right now. They actually, and it was, a, it's a, it's a pretty big trade university. And they were like, oh, that's so cool. You know, and I haven't had that type of reception like ever in the past 12 years. So that was pretty interesting. It's happening, but not as quickly as possible. But that female retention is, uh, that's a huge deal. Like, yeah. 
it's I'm very passionate about it because I still I still don't see it. And when I talk to some of my sisters, and they're like in Pennsylvania or Florida, they don't see it. You know, like we're just trying to do the darn thing with what's available to us. But if we don't get into those positions of power or of control to like help change the mindset, nothing's going to change. It's mm -hmm. not, we can just talk about it and it'll just be a meme or a trending hashtag. And you know, we'll never see the change. Honestly, I feel like I hear you. I hear you loud and clear that there is a lot of talking and not a lot of doing. And I've said that for over 10 years because, yeah. even though, so I shared with you how I got started in the industry and in purchasing and how I was in sales and my relationship with the welding industry, even though I'm not a welder, I have welded, but I have seen it even from my side behind right. or in an office. And I have always been a part of, you know, these women welding groups. And I see a lot of posts with girls saying like, I filled out like, you know, 20 applications and like, I'm not getting any opportunities. And then like, mm -hmm. I would try and help them find jobs and things like that. And that's been a passion of mine, women in welding all this time. And it's interesting to hear you say it because I had the same perspective, but I wasn't there. But I think just because like talking to women, you know, like a lot of purchasing agents, they cared about the people that were working at their company or salespeople that had relationships or or a family owned business that did care about like the smaller businesses, like more likely they care more than the bigger ones. I feel like, because usually you're the number if you work at a big company to start off with, but it's really interesting that you said all of that because at the end of the day, there are so many older people that are retiring. And I feel like what the solution is, is just what you said that we need to continue to motivate women who are passionate about it to get mm -hmm. to become teachers because you're one of the only female welding instructors that I know. That's why I reached out to you. I haven't had a female welding instructor on here yet. I do have a couple of people that I know that do run workshops and things like that, but they own like foundations and it's kind of a little different because mm -hmm. they're not welders like they're they they probably have somebody who will come in and do the welding part for them they're is, amplifiers it's yeah. different it's it not different. it's just different yeah it's and that's the thing is i didn't i don't want to at the end of the day I, I, i'm going to be a little morbid right now but at the end of the day when i'm at the end of my life right i don't want to look back and think that i didn't do my part to help make sure the people that come up behind me as new welders are able to have a better path. And that's men, women, and children. I don't necessarily care, but obviously I identify as a woman and I want, it's so freaking hard. And even you, because you are a woman in the industry, you see it because like, why are you here? You don't know anything. Even as a business owner, I kid you not, I would have people call me and ask me, you know, oh, I need to talk to the owner. They're, you know, they're getting a, um, uh, request they're getting a quote for a custom build well I am the owner no 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 I need to talk to the man well he's busy right now what can I help you with and you know they're they're like trying to see like what could they could get around me and when I started quoting a full you know front back side to side suspension and told them all the custom parts and all the money and they didn't even know what the heck I was talking about then they shut up and knew that I knew what I was talking about but even to this still still to this day I feel like I eat I still have to like um qualify myself and now 
as I'm getting older and less aggressive because <laughs> You know, when you're younger, you just want to make sure you beat it into everybody what you know and what you do. Now I just sit back and smile. I'm like, you know what? Here, here's my degree. <laughs> here's my certifications. I don't have to do that anymore. Like, I just take the basis for comparison. Like, you're calling me for something and I'm telling you, and if you're already at this day and age going to question, I don't need your business because I probably don't want to work with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, it's always going to be a thing. It's just, how you handle it, you know, and you see it because you're in the industry. Things haven't really changed. And I just had Mary Jo Emmerich and she even said back in the day, it was the same way, you know, and she's been welding goodness, 30, 40 years. And she's like, really things haven't changed. And that's so discouraging to me, you know, like to us, because we see, um, you know, our, our, our world is a little bit smaller because it just revolves around welding. We see these women's doing all these things, but when you go out and outside of the welding industry, this is no, they, I still get, you know, I walk up, I remember I celebrated getting um, the cover of the magazine yeah. and uh, my buddy took me to a club and he's telling his friends and they looked at me and they're like, are you, are you the welder girl? <laughs> like yes yes I'm the welder girl and they're like you really do that yes yes I do and I mean then you're like okay let me just show them what I do start showing pictures and you yeah. know, like here's my this and this is what I do and here's my qualifications and they're just like oh you know like outside of our industry you know like people are still like why do you do that because it's an amazing job and unfortunately there's not enough visibility because our, our schools don't embrace it. Women still feel intimidated because it's a, a male-dominated industry. I never felt like that. Like, I just don't care. I will talk to anybody. And <laughs> I just, I don't care. You know what I mean? I think that's why I'm so um, good with the, the syndicate lives is I will just like talk to whomever and I will ask all the questions and I will encourage everybody to do it because once you get, get past your head, then you start helping to normalize the conversations around you, which in part, you know, helps to see people, Hey, maybe I can do that. That's why it's so important to talk to these people and show these stories. Like sometimes I even think, why, why are we interviewing them? Because, you know, everybody's story is valid. Everybody's story someone's going to relate to everyone's story. I've had people tell me, oh, I'm not, I can't do that. You know, I'm not famous. Like, who's famous here? Nobody's famous. We just want to hear your story. And I want somebody, somebody around the world is going to connect and they're going to normalize that in their world. And they're going to go off and do some type of welding, whether it's welding structurally, engineering, advocating, teaching, maybe all of it, who knows, you know? Yeah, so that's what's important, but it's, it's still a huge issue. And I, I love seeing other women do it, but it just hits a little bit different when she does all of it, because you can gain that insight that, okay, like when I see amplifiers out in the field, they're mm -hmm. talking about it, but they haven't necessarily experienced that. Like they don't weld. So they don't know that when you're on the field, you're still, you know, people are stealing your tools yeah. or they're sabotaging your bathroom or I've had sisters, they were hurt on the field, you know, raped. I've known women who've been killed. You know, I have, I've been, the harassment, they don't get paid properly. It's disgusting. And I'm not trying to scare anybody, but like, you need to have a less glamorous view instead of just like, you know, corporate, you know, amplifying. No, have you actually been out there to well? Do you know how cathartic it is? I want women to actually enjoy that side too, but also know what we're up against. You know, it's, 
it's it's daunting sometimes when you think about it but if you like my mentality you go in like you just do the damn thing you know what I mean? like i don't even care but at the same time it's also imperative to have a particular background especially if you're going to instruct and we're different kind of people like it is not easy to teach and i had the pleasure of talking to kay she she's amazing she's a woman instructor out of maryland mm -hmm. and she's she's a black lady and it's fantastic because like i you just don't see it and i'm like oh my god because i'm i'm hispanic and i'm german so that's another thing that's also near to my heart is that there's definitely not women of color represented you know so women of color people who actually weld you know like if you can encompass all of that i think that those women could really make a huge change in this industry but to find them and to bring their stories to light and to uh, get into those positions of power that's that's the most important part right there we were actually pretty lucky we found um lynette key she has done um a couple episodes with us and I found her randomly on Instagram because she was on like a TV show, like called like Tough as Nails. And it was some kind of like work. It was like a workers like competition where like a, there were firefighters, there were welders, there were all these different people and they had to do challenges like of all different trades, like without like, you know, experience. And then they had like different kind of physical challenges and stuff like that. And I found her and we brought her on board and she has, you know she's done pretty well for herself where she has her company is not the kind like with like workshops and things like that she like helps to like subcontract work and she not only helps like women who like want to find like jobs and stuff but she gets them exposure to welder like welding period as well but love that. another thing you brought up is and i think i'm gonna stop doing this because you uh -oh. do it and i do it it's all, and you made me think about this. When you're a woman in the welding industry, you have to give this like extended introduction. Like you can't just say like, if a guy came up to us right now and was like, hey, like my name's Matt, you know, I'm a welder. People would just keep going around the room, but whenever they would they, get- They accept it. If we yeah. said that, and if we said, oh, I'm in the welding industry. I always feel the need that I have to explain myself and then give like, no, and don't do it. plus years, I've done this and that, you know, my husband was in the industry as well. My brother- Hell no, you do not have to qualify yourself. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have to be, we have to be confident in ourselves to be in this industry. And you have to know at the end of the day, just like you did, would you qualify your male counterpart hell no it's just widely accepted so yeah. you have to have that mentality and thankfully i have a very cocky mentality and it is true and i don't even know why i have it maybe it's because it's been preparing me for this position right here is to just help articulate that to my sisters you know what i mean but at this point i'm like i'm a welder yeah what you know what i mean like i'm not you're not paying my bills you're not my husband and yeah i wouldn't even do that to my i'm not married but i didn't do that to my ex-husband you know what i mean like i'm here don't try to qualify me i'm done you know we that's how you normalize it right there you're gonna accept me and if not we're moving on you know i don't need you in my life because you know what you've done and it, it's funny because if we don't continue to advertise ourselves and qualify ourselves then we're like um uh, what is the word then we're like antiquated you know like oh you don't do it anymore once you're a welder you're a welder once you're in the industry you're in the industry you know that doesn't necessarily change mm -hmm. your experience yeah. doesn't change it doesn't change you as the person you don't get less experience you know what i mean like you wouldn't do that just like just like um 
uh, like, okay, so if a man stayed home and the woman went off to work, it would, why would you question that? You would only question because you're, you're questioning the male masculinity and the women, well, you should be at home. Why can't we normalize that? You know, like there's so many things that we need to normalize here and don't qualify yourself anymore. You know, in your head and you need to stand confident in that fact that this is what I do. And if you don't like it, then I don't need to have you in my life. You don't, you move on. This is a big, bad world. And we need to stand with that. And we need to articulate that to others. I get women all the time who don't want to speak on camera. I'm like, you know what? I'll tell you what, Jessica, I hate it. I hate it. I do. I, I want to, I, I'm telling you, I wanted to throw it before this. I was like, Oh God, I, I don't like talking about myself, but when it comes to welding, it just flows so natural because I, this is the one where I felt this is where I'm supposed to be. I didn't feel like I was just supposed to be a mom or a stockbroker or a real estate investor or a car builder. This is me amplifying my voice with my experience for other women in the welding industry. And you have to really stand firm in that fact. You know what I mean? And so when I tell others, when they come onto the show, I'm like, you know what? I get you. I'm so nervous when I do this every single time. But at the end of the day, some woman, some young girl, some man, whomever is going to see this show and they're going to, they're going to resonate with it so much that they go into the industry, the welding industry. And you know what? Then I get messages on the back end. I'll get men who have little girls and they're like, thank you. Thank you for doing this. And that's why I do it. You know, like, and that's why I tell them, I said, there will be some thank you or somebody will reach out to you or a job will come your way. Something will happen and you'll know that what you did wasn't in vain. And so you just, you forget about being uncom uncomfortable or it not, you not articulating what you're trying to say, or you forgetting something. You're human. We don't have to be perfect and we need to normalize that. You know, like when you're passionate about it, which you can definitely tell I'm very passionate about it. Um, it just flows naturally. And I, I tell the ladies this all the time, like, don't worry about it. You don't have any pretenses to hold up against with me. I don't care what you look like. I don't care. You know, just tell me your story. I want to talk about it. I want to normalize it. I want someone to hear it and resonate with it so that we can normalize women in welding. You know, like, don't qualify yourself, period. I'm, uh -uh. I'm, I'm done with that. Yeah. That's, that's how you normalize it right there. So... I'm glad that we talked because I definitely see that perspective, but I want to tell you something that I'm also thinking about is that like, it really comes down to knowledge because so sure. being in a sales perspective, so mind you that I sold at a wholesale level. So I sold to welding distributors only, but I also sold to end users. So owners of, you know, welding companies, people that, you know, were in the shops, you know, that needed the specific welding wire. Like I sold welding wire for the majority of my career. They mm -hmm. would call me and ask me what they needed to use. Some of them didn't even know. Right. What to use. So they would call me, they would ask me, you know, this, and I would say, what are you doing? You know, what's the process? What's the material, you know, with hard facing, I got really into hard facing and thermal oh, spray wires. I love it. And yes. I, that's why that's why I had respect as a woman in the industry. And that's why I could see like the indifferences as well, because I like kind of earned my respect because they would, they were calling me to ask me for, you know, what to use. And then I would have to go on a goose hunt to go find like 
some specialty kind of nickel alloy or whatever and find it in stock. So like I would do that hard work and that's how I kind of made like my name for myself in the industry. But now that I'm in, you know, social media and marketing here, that's why I have like the need because that's why I introduce myself so much more because I'm not just like a marketing girl. You know what I mean? Like I did that stuff before but you're right that no matter it's it's no matter what job you do in the welding industry as a woman you know what i mean like it impacts you know what i should have you on my show so that we can talk about your story because you have like the most perfect story on the, a different perspective you know like we've talked to women who don't just necessarily weld they're in the welding industry but they're engineers or their owners you know like it's it you have like if you have a hard-hitting bio you know like they come to your your page if they don't do their due diligence and know who you are that's not your problem you know you as what you did for your job previous you did fantastic in it you are knowledgeable they reached out to you you know that's that's perfect that's what exactly what you should be doing and then now you know like you have so many different experiences all over across the board in the welding industry people question still because you're a woman i guarantee it you know like it's crazy i I see a woman i'm like yes a woman a woman in a very um prestigious position who's gonna have a different perspective because if you are a man doing this it's a different walk in life right all I see is like, oh, it's a woman. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, Wait a minute. Do you want, do you want me to, I'm going to, I'm going to get you really pissed off for a second. Uh-oh. During <laughs> Women's History Month, when I was making posts, like, because like, I know that that's only a month thing, but still, we still did it. Do you know, I literally had guys message me saying, why are you guys doing this? When are you going to have a men's welding month? And I said, oh my God. you know what? Every month? I've, I've actually spoken publicly about the fact, like, look, we are not a hashtag once a month. We yeah. are not a hashtag once a year. You know what I mean? We are women every day, 24 seven, and we need to celebrate that. So there needs to be more women run companies, more women run educators, more, you know, period so that it's a normal thing but if you come over into you know uh it was you know i don't know what will.com was before but if there was a man in charge then now you're changing the the dialogue and people are like excuse me now the fact that they even question that is that's exactly the whole point you're like well i'm a woman okay and i'm gonna do that because we need to change the dialogue here and you know nobody likes change but that just goes to show how many men in the industry still don't get it. You know why? Because they're not men or they're not women. Yeah. So they don't don't know though. So you know how you were messaging me and like everybody doesn't know who's like running the social media and it's me. So (laughs) yeah, I I didn't even know. If I like, if I like, like, I like people's stuff or I say something, do you know how many times a day I get Thanks, brother. Wait a minute. People don't care. I had that the other day. Thanks, bro. And I was like, (laughs) I know my stuff says shop girl. Like, what? It's just, it's a welding thing. So I was like, oh, I find a, I feel welcome now. Now I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the crowd of men, but I don't want to be in the crowd of men. I don't. I, I like being a woman in the industry. I'm not trying to be a man. I'm all woman. Let me tell you. So it's funny because like they, they don't get it. You know what I mean? Like you, there's no special one day for men. Every day it's for men. You know what I mean? We're trying to move the, 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 um, 
the hand from being at once a month monthly monthly tag for women to every day just like it is for men and guys don't get it they think it's special treatment no it's not we're barely introducing ourselves we're here we're qualified we're educated we're talented and we are we want to be more than just a hashtag you know and you have to conform to whatever your business is your 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 main agenda is and granted but that's it's awesome to see another woman you know like hey like let's do monthly let's do the you know women's welding month like i love that i i do i don't i don't i'm never gonna say i don't love that because that's the move toward normalizing it so that less people come in and say hey why are you doing that well <laughs> because we need it that's why that's the whole point here so let's let's have let's do a list okay this okay. is going to be so aside from so women entering the industry so men listening to this or men in the industry <laughs> why okay. why should they want women to come into the industry like why should like what are some benefits of having women as welders benefits okay so at the end of the day we're dating right so why wouldn't you want the woman that you're dating to be paid as equally as you are, right? Don't you always see like, well, she doesn't pay her way or she's a gold digger. This is a way for her to get paid. And this is a way for her to be very, this is a way for a woman to be happy when she comes home from work. You know, I, I can tell you how many times I worked in the office or for corporate America where I was not happy when I came home. Welding, I don't even care. I may be tired, dirty, sweaty, but I feel 100% satisfaction when I come home. So that just makes the, my quality of life better. Also, women, they are more nurturing. So if it's in a, an aspect of teaching or educating or, you know, um, even if they're uh, training on the field, they're more um, patient. Uh, not necessarily patient. I'm not necessarily patient, no, but <laughs> it's a it's a it's a nurturing thing because we are natural. We we're the the caretakers. We're the ones who have the children. So we tend not to be um, as aggressive. No, I won't even say aggressive. I'm just a nurturing type of person, you know. And I um I come through with less ego, and it's a different perspective, you know. Like a woman comes on, they think of you as like a a mother, you know, so there'll be a little bit more respect. Maybe they'll calm down, you know. Uh, women also have more attention to detail, as I've noticed, you know. So a lot of the times women have smaller hands, you know. So like if they're TIG welding, um, if there's a smaller space, it's easier for them to get into, you know. And, and we smell better most of the time, you know what I mean? Like, come on, there's a lot of benefits. But at the end of the day, it's, it's not even about men welcoming them in like that it's just allowing women to come in and work because why not it's just a job at the end of the day the weld does not know if you're a man or a woman it's the integrity of that weld and whether it's going to break or not it doesn't matter who does it why not allow a woman to uh make sure she can get her bills paid and take care of her children or buy her car or be more independent like that has nothing to do with men. You know, women just own the companies and, and, and you know, hire all, all men. We'll just change it 100% around. Don't, we're not going to hire the men. We're just going to hire women. You know, let's just show them what they've done to us for, you know, 150 years. Yeah. It's, um, it's not a matter of benefit because, I mean, the, not all women welders are fantastic. Some of them are assholes, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm an asshole, you know what I mean? But I am definitely a very good welder and I learn quickly and I'm really, really good at teaching 
and um, I can change multiple processes and I can articulate to, that to others where they can learn it. You know, that's just not, um, it's not a skill that's not necessarily gender. Uh, it has to do with your gender. It's just, that's a person thing. But I've seen a lot of women teachers, you know, they have that ability to be more nurturing. So if that was a reason why men should allow it, like bring them in, they can train, you know, um, people who are coming in as uh, apprentices or, you know, they can, I don't know, there's a lot of benefits. I, I mean, aside from, you know, working with, I think, I don't ever think I've ever worked with multiple women. I've had one woman in the field. I taught four women in one of my classes and this is over the span of like 12 years. That's it. The most women I've ever seen was just going through the syndicate and, and reaching out to them across the world. I still haven't been in a place where I've had multiple women in any aspect of my life period. And I don't know why that is. I, I think because like, it's not a glamorous job and I think women want to lean in a different direction. Not me. I just want my bills paid and I want to be happy and I want to make a difference in this world. You know, like uh, at the end of the day, I want to make sure that, my life meant something and that's, I, I do it through this. So I don't know if it necessarily comes down to men wanting them. It's not their choice. You know, we're here. They're just going to have to deal with it. So learn to change the mentality and normalize that, you know, when you have your own children and their little girls, make sure that they know that they can do whatever the hell they want. You know, you teach them to play with Barbies and to play with, you know, trucks because let them make that decision. Make sure it's a normal thing, not just this is who you, I was taught to be seen and not heard. I was taught to be just the wife to take care of, you know, the Stepford wife basically. And mm -hmm. I was always just different. And I, I always knew like I'm missing something. I'm missing something. And this was it. This is definitely it. And now I just felt 100% like, satisfied across the board it sucks because it's not widely accepted so it makes me kind of alien so it's nice to reach out to other women who have the the same um, circumstances because then you know you're not necessarily weird you're just different and you know having my sisters that I've met through the syndicate it it provides me with so much more than just anything I can ever articulate. That's all I need. The friendship, the support, the love, that's all I need. So that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. what are like, so how, if like people would listen to this and if they would want to be involved or help you in some way, like other than to step up and, you know, do something, is there a way to like donate or contribute to your organization or how does that work? So I'm not a 501c. I'm not going nonprofit. Um, just, just regular business. So the way that companies could um, contribute is to reach out to me. And I, I would encourage more um, like welding consumable companies and colleges to reach out so that I could be an, an advocate, you know, the actual woman to talk to potential customers or students who may be coming into the field, if they're questioning it, just to show visibility, you know, to gain that. There's a very underserved demographic, which is women and women of any type of color to get into the trades. And I think that there's a huge deficit. And that's why it's nice that the colleges have started reaching out to women who are in that position so that if you can see it, Bogie's Garage, she always says this, if you can mm -hmm. see it, you can be it. 
And uh, I truly do believe that. So I, that's the benefit now is like they're starting to reach out and collaborate and asking me to speak or work with them um, so that they can bridge that gap of what they're missing. Because there's a huge demographic of people who are actually doing it right now, but don't have a voice. Or there's a, a huge potential with women or little girls who may want to do it, but they're not given the opportunity because it's not in schools anymore. And, you know, it's our lives are so demanding that, you know, parents don't necessarily have the time to show it to them. And some don't even have, you know, that parental figure or anybody to show them. And I could, I could walk in all those footsteps, you know, so just reach out, reach out to me through the Welding Women's Syndicate and, uh, you know, let me know if there's a project you want to work with, if there's people you want to talk to. I have such a varied background that I can pretty much um, articulate to any, anybody, you know, I was the wayward kid. I've been the, the stay-at-home wife. I worked in structural. I've been a teacher. I've been business owner, now advocacy. So on almost every level, I could reach out to people. So it's just a voice. That's all. That's what we need. A voice of someone who's, who's been in it and multiple platforms and uh, can encourage people to do it and hopefully inspire at the end of the day. Yeah. Just reach out. There's so many ways to reach me, you know, through the um, Instagram page. I have a LinkedIn page. I have my personal page. All you have to do is Google Welding Women Syndicate and it all pops up. Yeah. I was just going to say, so on Instagram, um, it is just welding underscore women underscore syndicate. And then she yes. actually has a hashtag that's all together, welding woman syndicate, in case you yes. want it. Um, and then your personal page is shop girl Von Orf. Yes. Yes. If anybody wants to reach out to Tiffany, you guys are more than welcome. And um, she would love to hear from you. And I'm so glad that you got to come on the podcast today. I had a good time talking to you and I'm sure that we're going to stay in touch now that we were able to talk a little deeper. Thank you, Jessica. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. All right. Until next time, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank <laughs> you.